There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Fangirl Zone. I am Sean Fangirl S and today we are talking Dirk Gently. And back from the very long maternity leave that wasn't really that long, but kind of was. It felt sort of long. My co-host Jess! Yay! (laughs) We do want to thank Natty though for filling in for Jessica while she was gone. So, quick question before we jump in. Did you get any fanfic sent to you? No, and I have been checking, so... I'm so disappointed, guys. I know there's people out there with fanfic. Jess loves that stuff. I do. I do. Even if it's... Even if you don't really think it's, like... If, if it's campy, you're kind of like, oh, she doesn't want to read this. Seriously, I do want to read it. Like, send it to me. She does. I mean, I mean I'm going to be full, full, fully, like, honest and admit that my favorite is uh, Winterhawk, which is Clint Barton and... Fuck you, Arns, but like, honestly, I totally, <laughs> totally would love some Dirk Gently fanfic, just because I want to know that it's out there. You know it is. Come on. It's got, well, it's got to be. It's got to be. Did you see that? Uh, you gotta somebody, ship Amanda somebody, with, you know, oh, yeah. like Martin or something. <laughs> somebody had come uh, at Neil Gaiman and was like, you know, how do you feel about fanfic? I think it's a terrible, terrible thing, and Neil Gaiman was like, I want a Hugo for a fanfic about H.G. Uh, Wells and Sherlock, so... <laughs> Nice. I love you. All right. So we are going to jump in. Hold on. Let me get my notes because I wrote stuff down this time. Write all the stuff. It's important because half the time I don't. (laughs) And I think we know that. All right. We're going to jump into season two, episode nine. Trouble is bad. The penultimate episode. As Windermore falls into chaos, the mage enacts his final solution, putting both worlds in dire jeopardy and forcing our heroes to face off against the season-long villains. Amanda and Todd must overcome their differences to help Dirk as he rises to the challenge of fulfilling the prophecy. The prophecy! I love that. So, we open, though, in the past again. It always throws me off, because... It takes a minute for it to click that, oh yeah, this is the past, and that's Arnold, young Arnold Cardenas. Right. Walking through the house, and he sees that his father's body's gone, and it's kind of the aftermath of what had happened after the fight with his mother. And there's just a really nice breakfast, though, out on the table, and it looks like sun's coming in the kitchen, and there's flowers around where the body was, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But he, the whole time, he's holding the business card that his mother had. And that just didn't give me a really good, warm, fuzzy feeling. Very strange. And then the child wakes up. Because we don't actually know the kid's name. No, it's yeah, just the boy. The boy. And he comes out of his room and he's walking around. And all of a sudden he sees his brother talking to the agents outside. And he takes running off. Takes off running. Gosh, I can't even talk. You think I'd been drinking. It's not true, though. Takes off running into his room to try to dream away... The bad things and get some help but as the agents come in there they grab him he suddenly has a seizure which is I'm assuming the time that he actually fell into like a coma even though they said he had a heart attack mm-hmm. and had a coma I feel like 
this may have happened and this was like the start of everything going right. wrong for the poor kid. And it actually is what caused the 67 at that time. Because you see all the lights blowing out. And did you notice how calm those agents were, though? It makes no sense. No. Because, okay, granted, they were part of early Blackwing, mm-hmm. but still, it seemed like they were really calm with all this shit happening oh, around them. absolutely, yeah. It didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but... <sighs> and then we fade to the future and him in the Blackwing bed, and it just made me sad seeing him there. I'm like, oh, that poor kid. Because what if he never woke up from that point, and he was just consistently dreaming that whole time? Yeah, that's that's sad. Uh, we get to uh, kind of flip it back into Windermore, and we see Susie talking all sorts of crap to our little gang. I don't know about you, since we haven't been able to talk about it, because you haven't been here. I cannot stand Susie and her attitude. Yeah, I, you know what? I kind of get what you're. I get what you're saying. It's uh it's a little off-putting. Well, plus, I mean, she went from like this quiet person who was probably picked on and had a lot of shit happen mm-hmm. to suddenly like super evil. Well, and that's. I feel like that was a really interesting, interesting thing how they they kind of put one over on us because she. We started out as, you know, everything was really like. It seemed like she was, like, the underdog and everything was horrible and it was no fault of her own. And then, like, learning through those, like, uh, the book ladies that she vanquished, you know. Turned them to uh, dust. It's mostly her own fault. You shouldn't have been drinking and taking Xanax and driving our kids around, you a-hole. That's true. And then, then out of nowhere, it's like, it's not just, oh, well, I'm getting my revenge. Now it's, like, I have serious, serious psychological, like, issues. Yeah, she went, like I said, took a whole... You know, giant big gulp of evil and fit right in. Mm-hmm. Now, I am going to tell you, we talked about this, and I don't know if you listened to us. I'm loving the costume, though, that they have her in. Her costume was fantastic. I so want to see this at cons. Oh, yeah. It's got it's got to happen. It's so good. It is. It's, it's, it's a really interesting, like, take on Maleficent, I thought. I keep thinking, I'm like, this is really good. It's I like kind this. of a mix, yeah, of mm-hmm. and the, the makeup. It's amazing, which I could never get that makeup right. I can't get my regular makeup it's right. A, yeah, no, it's incredible. Somebody, somebody's getting good money for that. I hope. Yeah. I hope they're getting paid really well. And then, of course, when Susie's about to do something that none of us want—something really bad—Wygar, mm-hmm. Silas's bodyguard, pops up, grabs her from behind, and saves the group and tells Silas to save the world. And unfortunately, Wygar does not make it, which made me really sad. But actually, this comes back later because we hear much, much later the Beast talking about the mean shape lady. Mm-hmm. And she does. She, like, surrounds Wygar with these shapes and, like, crushes him. I was so distraught. It was really sad. I mean, I was pissed with Wygar basically, like, turning on Silas. But he thought he was doing something good several episodes back. But I didn't want him to die. But then again, he is in one of our sci-fi shows, so I'm guessing he couldn't be in too many shows at one time. Right, too much going on. It is a lot. It is a lot. Uh, so off go our crew, trying to get away, and at the same time hearing poor Weigar scream. And all of at different times, they all stop and kind of look back, and it's like, oh my god, one of them's going to go back, and then they're going to die, and then I'm going to freak out. That's pretty much what I thought was going to happen the whole time. Oh, man. 
the thing too with Susie, when all of a sudden she just says, this is my world now, I'm going to fix everything to her little minions, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, we're like going down a road of politics right here. There was a lot of allusions to like, you know, all these crazy, you know, autocratic leaders. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and just, it, uh, you know at some point they all thought that they were probably doing good. And, yeah, absolutely. But I really don't feel like Susie is thinking anything is good. She's just like, I'm going to just burn she's this bitch a, to the ground. She's a total nutter. Like, high key. Right. And let's go over to Blackwing now. And we have Ken telling the guards that they're going to get Project Lomia, which is Mona. And Freakin is just, as always, annoying and stupid. Doesn't listen. He's My God. And I'm, you know what? The guy idiot. is probably a freaking genius. We've talked about this previously, true, too. Yeah. And and probably the nicest guy in the world. But as Friedkin, I just want to slap this man. It's, yeah. he's he, What's that word, that German word for face that needs to be punched? That's him. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's so funny because uh, the other guy's basically going to end up running the show. Like, he's, like, running the entire operation. And he's he was a prisoner, like, three days ago. Yeah. Well, that comes out a little bit later, too, with yeah. what's going on with Ken. But Friedkin just start randomly shooting things and then pointing the gun at Ken. And suddenly he's like, maybe you're Mona. Maybe you don't know. I have to shoot you. And I love it because he said, what? Why? Why does that even come into your head? How is that going to help? I don't know, but How I'm thinking it. How make any sense? But then suddenly Ken's like, wait, you're gone. And Friedkin's like, yeah, in my hand. I'm shooting mm-hmm. things. He's like, no, it's still in the holster. I didn't even notice that. And you did get to see, like, a full-body Friedkin. I never even caught that. Wow. Did you catch it? I don't think I did. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think I just sort of was like, oh, oh. Because I think it was just because it was so fast. It was almost <laughs> just like, you know, kind of like sleight of hand. Like, you're not, you're looking over here when you should be looking over here. Right. And, yeah, it turns out, oh, Mona's now the gun. And now Mona's a chain wrapped around Friedkin's neck because she's pissed. And how does how is Ken so calm? I don't understand. I this. think it's got to be something to do with Bart. Like I feel like his history with Bart, he's got this like, okay, it's it's like Rory. It's like Rory and Doctor Who. It's another dimension. No matter like, what happens. No matter what just, happens, he's just like, okay, okay yeah, well, let's roll with it. It's so weird though. It, it was it because was then he's like, I'm guessing miniaturization ray. <laughs> there was a ray, and we were miniaturized. And then he's just sitting there talking to Mona as the chain, just like totally calm. Hey, yeah, I know Dirk. You want to help Dirk? We're friends. It's like, how are you just so calm? Friedkin's like, I'm getting choked here. And then suddenly Mona is a person again and kind of sitting on Friedkin like, okay. Which is sweet because she was very, like, not childlike, but very innocent. Yes. And even later when she's like, I could kill everybody if I wanted to. It's like, oh, shit. Maybe not as innocent as we thought, but still, it, it was nice that he was able to catch her without craziness happening. Right. And I feel like, all right, if you're going to have Black Queen and you're going to have this like group of people who are running shit, right? Ken may not be the worst person in charge, but I really want Ken to still be on our side. That see, that's what breaks my heart is when he's like. When he's like doing all this, I'm like you. Ha- I'm like, please be a red herring because I love Ken and I don't want there to be a world where Ken is not on the same side as Bart. Right. 
I mean, that's what we've talked about the last couple episodes. We were wondering that, and I have a feeling that we're really not going to know till the very end. Okay, and this is something I really want to discuss with you because we have not really got gotten a chance to talk. But do you feel like this is going to be like last season, where it the last episode ties everything up in a nice little bow, and we know everything that there is to know, and then it's that's the end of the case? Or do you think they're going to push this one? This is going to go more than just one season. I think they're going to tie up the case. I hope so. Only because of everything that happened this episode. I do think it's going to tie up nicely, and then next season will be a whole new case. See, that's what I'm hoping, because honestly, I feel like... a whole new book every time. Yeah, because I feel like the whole... Like, we we didn't have to wait a ton. It wasn't like waiting for Sherlock, you know, 32 years (laughs) later. We're like the lady on the Titanic. But um, it's still is a long time to wait to not know any of that, you know? Right. So... Hoping, yeah. Well, I really think that's how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. If only we can talk to Max Landis, that'd be awesome. So, if anybody's listening, who can get us to Max Landis, you know where to find us, right? Yeah, <laughs> we should six degrees that out. That'd be awesome. That would be great. All right, so let's go to the quarry. We get Tina and Farah. I was starting to think we weren't going to get them, but we did get them. They wake up and they see Hobbs helping the mage, and the mage is just sitting down there, like ignoring them now. After he zapped them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, see, Hobbs is still alive. alive. I can't talk. Oh my God. I was I was very glad to see Hobbs because I was worried. I'm like, if there's no way they just killed him off screen and didn't tell us. But even so. I've been saying to Natty, so Natty, if you're listening, I was right. But if it's off screen, you can never trust what's happening no. in regards to a death. No. It's, it, come on, man. Doctor Who slash Game of Thrones slash Walking Dead have taught us nothing. <laughs> It is. It's like never trust it. Even, wait, Preacher. Yeah. There was some off screen. It's like, I don't trust it. And you should never trust it. If you don't see it, don't believe it. Because well, they like can do the, absolutely anything. Wasn't that one of the movie rules in Scream 3? Unless you see his frozen, severed head, you do not believe oh, yeah. that he's dead. And the third one, everything can come back. Oh, I love Tina, though. I mean, Farrah's like, hey, we need a plan. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, Tina's like, let's arrest that son of a bitch, and promptly it's, passes out. <laughs> it's really very uh, Cap slash uh, Iron Man right there, where he's like, we need a plan of attack. I have a plan. Attack! <laughs> it's like, okay. Well, at least she's like, let's arrest him. So she's going all gung-ho cop, so that's what we need. She's awesome. <sighs> I think she'd been off more than she'd chew, though, with the Yeah, page. I think so. But you know what? Tina finally, like, grasping and really... Not just grasping, I should say, embracing her role as a police officer, because we found out that the only reason she did it was because she was friends with Hobbs, and so I'm really happy that she's doing this. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's go to the Cardenas house, shall we? And we get to see Alan Tudyk. I love him in this, and Great. I need him to come back, and I hope he's going to still be here next season, mm-hmm. because um, your character Priest, Priest is, is slightly fantastic. crazy. Yeah. Okay, maybe a little more than slightly. It's. It's not even crazy. It's, you know, it's something else. I don't know. It's he's, Well, he's ready to just, like, he's scorched earth, basically. Yes, okay. Except yeah, in this moment, because he's trying to contact Command, and finally Ken gets on the phone, and he's like, yeah, we got a bit of a problem. Yeah, you got a problem. You got a problem because Bart's coming down the road, and hey, Pantos is with him, and Pantos just looks totally normal in a weird cowboy western shirt boots Pink and <laughs> hair way he's he's adorable by the way like the whole the whole panto storyline is so cute and how bart is just like i made a new friend right? it's so sweet like it i is, hate i hate how adorable it is and then just 
the whole fact that like when they're they're talking during the scene back and forth, you know, Pantos is like, I'm just a regular man from your world. It's like, mm, <laughs> are you though? <laughs> because mostly, I don't think any guys around here are going to carry a giant um, scissor. Scissor, yeah. I wouldn't say sword. No, well, scissor. Pink sword. hair, like we could. I mean, that's not that crazy. Yeah. But I mean, the, the western outfit. With pink it's a hair, a little weird, but and then the giant scissors. So maybe, but the giant scissor is where draw the line. And and what what American young man is going to say? I'm just a normal human boy from your right. world. Please, somebody out there, tell me you're going to cosplay this and send us pictures. Yes. I want to put pictures up It'd of be great. Yes, this would be awesome. You could probably get washed out hair color too. You wouldn't have to be pink all the time. Yeah, wig. A I wig. mean, if you want to go wig, I've never worn a wig. With my cosplays, I'm just like, sorry, if my hair doesn't match, that's not that ain't happening. I just because like I feel like it'd be sweaty. so hot. I get so hot cosplaying. I don't know how people can do some of it, especially without the jackets. But I digress. Anyway, they see him coming up, and I love priests just like telling everybody, put down your guns, put down your ammo, don't have anything. We don't want any reason to her accidentally killing all of us. Exactly. So he knows. I mean, he really knows. He's and like, then, he's like, it's it's like a uh, Hiller. H- wait, what was his name? Harry Jones, Prime Minister. We know who you are. We know what you can do. They're a little back and forth talking about, hey, why don't we go back to Blackwing and we can get ice cream like we used to do. With him telling that to Bart, I'm like, did he, like, take her out to basically use her as, like, an assassin all these years? Right, yeah. That's what I felt Or was he her handler? Why was she being exposed to, like, the real world to begin with? These are all really, really good questions. Although it was really sweet, though. He's like, here, somebody wants to talk to you, and, and gives her, I'm assuming, like an iPad, but, you know, no actual mm-hmm. logo, which that's smart. And it's Ken, and she's like, Ken, how'd you get in there? How did you You're in a little red angle! What are you doing in there? Get my friend out of this box! That was just cracking me up. Adorable. I, you forget that she wasn't exposed to any of that, to mm-hmm. television or anything, until she met Ken. Right. So she was very sheltered. And, you know, just he's talking to her. And then I started getting mad. And I don't know about you. Because he's like, you don't have to get me out, but you can come in. Come into Blackwing. I'm like, he's manipulating her. Yeah, no, and I was getting really angry. I don't like it. Not no, at all. No, I don't know what's happening, but I don't. And, and that's the thing is, I okay, I did this with, with Game of Thrones too, and I kept saying, "You keep trying to trying to say Sansa's not as bad as she is." And we all know she's that bad, and I'm like, "Whatever." I want to think that she's not that bad, and I feel the same way with Ken. I I want him to be like not luring her there under false pretenses so they can take her, like, I, you know, getting her there to break him out or something. I just right. I hate the idea that like he's manipulating her and he's really really turned into like a black wing. Crody. Yeah, I don't want that to happen, but, I mean, him over Friedkin, because I feel like if he brought them in, it wouldn't be like, okay, we're going to have studies and this done, but I think Friedkin would still be trying to push it, because Friedkin knows about the upper levels of the the show, and we don't. But I just don't want him to be that guy. Like, I have this horrible fear that the season is going to end... Friedkin's going to be, like, taken away because he's so inept, and Ken is going to suddenly be in charge of everything and then realize that he's got to do all this bad stuff. Uh, yeah, I hate that. I hope that's not true. I really hope so, too. I really but love him in like part. I mean, I mean that, that's like my platonic, like, BFF ship of the year. <laughs> like, Bart and uh, Ken forever. Uh, I love the little standoff they had, though. 
Because Bart's just like, no, I, I don't want to kill anybody. I'm good. I'm not, I haven't killed anybody. Right. And then Ken's like, you had a chainsaw. But I didn't use it. It's I just, just like it. Yeah. <laughs> I just love it. She's like, I just like having it. Is it like, it's you cool. know, I'm carrying a flower because I like this flower. She carries a chainsaw. So, you know, whatever floats your boat You know what? I'm sorry. Like, for real. It could be sunglasses. It could be a chainsaw. Yeah, wouldn't you? Bart I, makes I her happy. I feel like her new song should be Chainsaw by the Van Perry. Oh, jeez. It's awesome. Just have that play as she walks on. Yes. But, hey, the little standoff turned bad because one of the guys, Blackwing Guards, which were, they have really weird helmets. Did you notice that? I guess it I did. It almost looked like they had, like, weird eyes painted on the top, and then they had, like, netting down over their face, which I didn't understand. Yeah, I guess It I- was really strange. Again, it all goes to the costuming, that they just have this weird stuff, kind of like, you know, Weigar, stuff in his beard changed just a little bit every time. There was jacks, there was right. buttons, there's a ball, I'm like, how about a ball? So it's just the little things that you don't notice normally. Right, yeah. But just enough that it catches you, like, wait a second. Um, Panto takes them all out, because somebody decided to get froggy and jump. And... I was really impressed. And I think Bart was, too, because she's just like, hey, I love that she was cheering and clapping. And just sitting there like, it's not me doing I it. I do it this time. <laughs> kind of showing Ken, like, look at how badass my friend is. It's not me. It's him. Which I thought was hilarious. And then he stopped Priest, because he was kind of, I didn't know if he was going for the gun. I thought he took out his eye. But he didn't. No, it just looked- But he just, like, cut his face. and But he stopped him and... Priest was like, alright, everyone stand down. This guy is just as bad as her. I was surprised. Don't people buy pink hair, people. <laughs> Super dangerous. And he's just from here. <laughs> but he's but Priest is alive, so I think that's going to make a difference. I think he's going to try to follow them into Windermore, which might be really bad for Priest. Oh god, I didn't think about that. But Ken's not happy with this whole thing happening, and Bart is super happy, and I love it because she's like, okay, Ken, let me know if you're Goodbye. coming by, and then kisses the screen, which I'm like, Aww. Adorable. Adorable. I love it's her. Like a little kid. Like, honestly, I love her so much, and I did not anticipate loving her as much as I love her. That's because last season we were like, oh my gosh, she's getting on my nerves. What is she doing? And then this season it's like, oh, she's so great. That's I don't know. my sweet child. Right? <laughs> she's never done anything wrong in her life. <laughs> And then it's like, the more you see her, the more you realize she has just been so sheltered. Right. That she doesn't really know, like, right from wrong. Stuff isn't really computing. Right. So, let's go back to Windemore. I love Windemore. It's so weird. And and this was weird because we see the train at one point. Just mm-hmm. through the sky. It's like, alright, they keep showing it every so often, but it's like, is it going to be a huge thing that happens or what? I don't understand. But you have the group talking, and I can't help how fun the Rowdy Three are, how much I love them because of it. And the one guy's like, um, yeah, it's 11,000 dudes. I counted real quick. I love them so much. And he was, like, so casual about it. Like, yeah, yeah, there was a whole bunch of dudes. 11,000 to be precise. Really? There was 11,000 guys, and you're just like, yeah, that's what I was. They're fantastic. All three of them. Oscar (laughs) Chow's my favorite, but honestly, I love them so much. They're great. Uh, they just crack me up because it's just completely random, like some of the stuff that comes out. The only one that says something that makes complete sense is Martin. Yes. And then 
even that sometimes it's like mm, not always right uh, but as they're talking to figure out what to do next Todd has an attack and Amanda's trying to talk him through it because she's like no you can't take your pills and Martin was actually going to step in because he's like hey guys late lunch like they were helping Amanda and Amanda's like no because it works different and she talks Todd through to, like Watke talked her through mm-hmm. and it was so weird because you know he's telling Amanda what he sees and then next thing we know Dirk's like why do you have barbed wire around your leg so he was able to do what she did and I'm wondering how this is going to translate into the real world because if we remember Watke's like you are the one to make a difference and, and bring all these people together so somehow she's going to have to get everybody with powers to work together mm-hmm. and it's like I still don't know what and she's going to do and is pararubulitis a power is that actually something we didn't know because of the well, you know, has to be constraints of making our, things yeah of the constraints of our world and then mm-hmm. in Windermore it is actually like a superpower it was so weird I was happy that she was able to make it work for him but at the I, same time it's like I don't think it can work every time though I mean think about it like you're being drowned in fire like let's not make that real yeah yeah but <clears throat> you can take that pain and maybe create it into something else could be well, we have Mona we're back at, at Blackwing with Mona and Friedkin in there trying to talk to her and again Friedkin being completely Friedkin so Friedkin oh god the Friedkinist it's like yeah that hurt and Mona's like that's when she says I could just turn into an aircraft carrier and kill everybody and I don't think it like dawned on him because then he's just like looking at her like oh shit because he's like you can be a bear and she's like I can be an aircraft carrier she's like I can be an atomic bomb you freaking absolute walnut but Ken comes in to talk to her and like shoes freaking back and I love that she even says I'm a holistic actress because I'm like, oh my god, that's so funny and random. Because we have Dirk as, you know, our holistic detective. But she, again, very innocent, tells Ken about Watke inadvertently. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm going to say it's Watke. Yeah, okay. Because it was to use her eyes. But what if it wasn't? What if it was, you know, a small voice, a snail voice? What if it was actually, like, the mage? Okay. Or something along those lines. Like, I still... I think it's got to be Watki because she said that she had somebody inside. And I don't know who else it is, but that she'd be able to move everybody basically into place for the prophecy. And I don't know. Because was her plan the whole time just to basically know she's going to die because she has to get everybody where they have to be? Could be. Hmm. I don't know. Let's go back to Windermore. And Bart, so excited about the moon and how weird it is. And I love it because Pantos is like, uh, hello. It's a moon, you weirdo. Chill. What about your moon? It was so tiny. Boring. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Faceless man. What is that? So puny. Puny moon. So after they have their little disagreement with the moon, Silas happens to stumble onto the road and <gasps> reunion. Yay! And that was so sweet. That was really cute. And then Bart's like, oh, you must be Silas. Yeah, I heard about you. Your mom's an asshole. <laughs> wow, no filter, Bart. Hashtag no zero filter. <laughs> but I loved it. Just because it's like, well, I think that's what everybody was saying this whole time. 
And can we talk about Susie and how Susie was pissing me off again, putting her hand and the wand into that pool and making bad things happen again. Especially when the weird guy who kind of looks like Pantos but with white hair and a ta face tattoo. Like, I'm wondering if they're somehow related. And because he went bad, like his hair changed or something. But <clears throat> she decides to send the bad guy to Blackwing and to tell them, kill everyone. What the hell is that? Right? It's like, oh, that's nice. And we get to see Rapunzel. Rapunzel's back for a moment. <laughs> but until, like, the water... How? Okay, the water starts in the shower in Ken's room. Rapunzel kind of jumps up because she's on the bed and runs out. The door was closed. How did Rapunzel get out? Did they put a doggy door in there or something? And I just didn't see it. I don't ever recall seeing a doggy door. The maybe, door was closed. Maybe Rapunzel's, like, got stuff that we don't know about. <laughs> like, just, like, some sort of contact high has rubbed off on her. Or maybe that was Mona as Rapunzel. <laughs> That's weird. But we have Ken and Friedkin walking the halls, talking about Project Morlock and Windemore. And suddenly Friedkin's like, uh, you're talking like you're in charge. You know, I'm in charge, right? It's me. You're not in charge. And Ken's like, uh, you know you gave me the same clearance as you, so we're equals. Oh, Friedman's like, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> Too late. Too late, my friend. You suck. That's hilarious. And suddenly we see the knights. The knights who are way better with guns than they should be. I concur with that. That seemed very strange to me. And why weren't the guards there at Blackwing a better shot? It was very Stormtrooper. It was. It's like, oh, we're going to just keep shooting and hope for the best. Mm -hmm. You know, like they did with The Walking Dead, that one episode when the dead. I was just pissed. I'm like, what are you doing? You don't waste bullets. These are precious in an apocalypse. Yes. Yes. You don't seem to understand. You can't make more of them. Well, you can't. It's just going to take a really long time. Wait, who said that they could? Was it? What's his name? I can make more bullets. No, you can't. You're a liar. He made one. Anyway. Let's go back to Tina and Farah at the quarry. I was so pissed because they go down and I felt like they, they did have a plan. But the mage is magic and he's just taunting them and taunting Farah. Just, oh, this was just so sad. And, you know, talking about how she's always been a disappointment to her dad and he knew that somebody would have to screw up and it might as well be you. It's like, you know, that ain't cool. That's zero cool points happening right now. Like zero. And he suddenly gets Hobbs to point his gun at the girls. And the girls, of course, pointing the guns at each other, and everybody's getting shot. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? And I, I was just yelling at the TV. I'm like, stop it. Stop it. I don't want them to die. Is something going to somehow reverse and everybody's okay? I mean... You can survive a bullet wound. I know that. That's true. But it was very upsetting. And why weren't the girls wearing bulletproof vests? That's a really good question. I mean, nobody seems really prepared. I, I think they're all, like, thinking, that's this nice little town. Nothing's ever going to happen here. Yada, yada, yada. There's a mage that's making you shoot each other. Like, yeah. maybe, no. Maybe be a little bit more careful. Maybe, yeah, prepare. You were not prepared. Let's go back to Windermore for a minute. We have Pantos and Silas finding their parents, surrounded by dead bodies, basically, because everybody has killed each other, and they're the last two standing. And Pantos and Silas is like, you have to stop. 
Stop the fighting. We love each other. There's a chance. And it's like, oh. And they do kind of stop for like a second. It's like, everybody's dead. You guys are the last four people surviving. Mm -hmm. I don't think you're going to suddenly, like, repopulate your entire village. I don't see this happening. But it gets worse because those blockhead knights show up. Mm Mm-hmm. And they shoot the last four people. And you hear one of them in a weird cartoony voice, too. They've all killed each other. We've got no one left. And I was like, what the hell? And Bart, just seeing this happen, and then Bart was pissed. Like, when she did that slow turn, the knights were not smart enough to, like, run for a couple. They didn't see death five inches from her face. Right. They try to shoot her, and of course, nothing's happening. And she picks up the chainsaw. Now, some of them were smart enough to start backing up, but then you see behind them, like, they do a long shot, and there's more coming in. Right, so she's gonna... She's gonna take them all out. I just see, like, all of those knights, even if there was actually 11,000, because it counted real quick. (laughs) They're all going down. Fall before Bart! (laughs) I was, I was just so sad. The king is dead, long with Bart. I was so sad, and I'm like, all right, something's gotta happen. Like, my ultimate... Oh, I'll tell you the theory at the end. Let me, let's me let finish this, and then I'll tell you the theory that I'm hoping is happening. But we go back to the palace that the Beast lives in, to that pool. Okay. And Amanda trying to figure out how she's going to get the Rowdy Three and Dirk and possibly Todd. To go through back to the real world. Yes, back to Blackwing to save Project Morlock, who's our young boy who's now old and still in the coma. And suddenly you have the Beast saying the evil shape ladies coming. I know, I know. I, I, okay, I always have, um, this is sort of dorky, but I always have subtitles on, especially when I'm watching anything with British people because I feel like I miss things because they talk fast. Um, or, like, I don't, I don't get jokes sometimes. So, <laughs> I want to get all the jokes. I love jokes. So I'm, like, watching it. It's like, it's like, shape lady, shape lady, lady, lady. And I'm like, what the crap? Oh my god! <laughs> Because you hear the the laughter, and yeah, I don't know why I Osric. I always call him Osric. I don't know his character name. I always forget it. Vogel. Vogel. Vogel's like, guys, she's trying to say something. I think the lady, and then you hear the laugh is coming. <laughs> and I love it because was it uh, Zach Santiago's character say nobody's gonna make me scared of laughter? It's like, well, okay, that's one way to put it. <laughs> but Amanda's like, we have to to do this and you need to help me open it because I can't keep it open. And Todd's like, okay, well, I have to get through. And she's like, no, 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 no. I can't keep it open if you go through. Right. And then you had this, like, montage of things happening. You have the Rowdy Threes, like, we're going to go stop Susie. And then you have Amanda and Todd opening the pool, the Beast hiding, Dirk preparing to jump into the pool, Susie laughing. You see Farrah, Tina, and Hobbs all shot and kind of Moving slightly. Mm-hmm. How did I forget? Because shooting they stopped the, the, the car. They sh- yeah, they shot the car, so the mage went boom. So that's why Hobbs is not Back under to me, spell. Hobbs, yeah. and they're all fine again. But they're all shot. But they're all shot, they're and, and they're all blown up. Like it seemed like they were all kind of like worse for the wear. But they're at least not trying to kill each other, so that's good. That's true. But it's like everything is happening, and then everything at. Um, Blackwing. Basically, we don't see Kenner Friedkin. We don't see Project Moloch. 
Right. We just see the knights walking through and they're getting shot and guards are getting shot. And just this crazy montage of what the hell is going to happen next episode, basically, right. is what I'm feeling. And then you have Dirk standing on the ledge. And I love this because out of my favorite book ever, he's like, don't panic. And then jumps into the pool. Which, I'm sure you know, this whole thing was Douglas Adam, based on Douglas Adams' Very books. And Hitchhiker. Hitchhiker's Guide, you know, in large, friendly letters, that's all I needed to pop up on screen is don't panic. And it would have made me so very happy. So, this was crazy. I love this episode. But you had so much doom and gloom at the very end, and that's why I'm like, what's going to happen? So my theory is somehow, when they get Moloch, if they bring him back to Windermore, it kind of resets everything. Okay. I hope, because everybody's dead otherwise, and that, Susie's taking over. Well, and that was my question. Like, okay, at this point, is there anyone left in Windermore? Like, except for this, the the mages, like, jerks, and then Susie. And really, the Rowdy Three should just eat all their life force. Like, done. Right. And then there's no one in Windermore, and we just need to all go home. But how are we going to do that? <laughs> well, I mean, Susie does say something about it would cut them off. It would cut off like the string to the real world mm-hmm. but then doesn't that screw you well clearly she doesn't want to go back that's fine but there's nobody to rule if all you have is your minions you've right. killed everybody they're all gonna die again you're not gonna repopulate everybody no. and the weird little shape folks and treasure trolls were all killed off too by her mm-hmm. or they went to hide who knows I don't know what's going to happen, and I'm really starting to wonder, like, what we're going to see. And with only one more episode, it's so stressful. Yeah, because you just don't know how they're going to wind it all up. They're, I mean, they have to if they're going to. But yeah, I think the more I think about it, the more I think you're right. I think that it makes more sense to just have to have like every season be the one case, because otherwise, I mean, it's just going to get too confusing and too. And I don't think there's enough left to wind up for ten more episodes. Right. You know. So I'm with you. But I'm so excited. This was such a good season. It's been... I still really love last season, but yeah, this season has been, like, crazy good. And Dirk finding another leather jacket just amazes me every time. So, our questions are, is Dirk going to make it to Blackwing and fight in Project Moloch? Right. Is Ken on our side? Yes. Is Bart going to take out Susie? Who's left in Windermore? Yeah. If anyone. How do they all get back? If the if the only two people capable of opening the portal are Todd and Amanda, and then are they able to open it and simultaneously jump into it? We don't know. Uh, unless unless they get Malik there and Malik, I mean, maybe fixes it. I don't. It's so crazy. The whole thing's crazy. It's weird. So, of course, we wait and see, but we want to know what you guys think. So shoot us an email at contact us at fangirlzone.com. You can let us know your little tinfoil hat theories, mm-hmm. what questions you have. And like I said before, send Jess your fanfic at it's Jess at fangirlzone.com. We want to know all about it. Don't forget to check out our links for shopping since, you know, it is the season and all. It's over on fangirlzone.com. You can find them on the pages. It doesn't cost you anything extra if you go through to buy through Amazon or whatnot. But you can also check out our Redbubble store, which I'm so excited we have that, because we have our logos up there that were, all of them up there currently have been created by the awesome artist Des Taylor, which we thank most humbly, because it's awesome. He makes us look great. And 
soon. We're going to have a picture or a new logo with Jess and I. He always makes me look so so much better than in real life. That's why I'm like, we need to have me cartooned like all the time. <laughs> you have to go to work cartooned. Can we make that happen? That'd be awesome. I wouldn't have to worry about my makeup or anything like ever. Be great. Anyway, for this episode of Dirk Gently, I am Sean Fangirl S. And Jess. And until next time. <laughs>